stop this one now. Don't, okay? Let me finish. I gotta prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Mafos Mashup. Welcome to this episode of the Mafost Mashup, where we talk school leadership, innovative improvement ideas focused on people, culture, and impact on learning. I'm so thankful and deeply humble that you've chosen to spend this time with me here today. Let's jump right into it. Why is it? Why is it that the word proof is often used in education? That we have to have proof before we use a strategy or that we're seeking proof of best practice. Because we all know that what works in your school may not work in your neighbor's school. An approach to learning that works for you may not work at optimum levels for me. So what is the fascination with proof evidence is one thing and that's the topic of today's episode with a b testing but proof and proving your perspective justifying what you're doing really isn't the path to continuous improvement you see research does not precede innovation innovation is not the mercy of research action then research, then reflection, and then revision. It's not the other way around. So let's look at a massive amount of evidence of best practice. Let's look at visible learning, for example, and let's see how it's been misused and what its purpose really is. And then we'll tie that into A-B testing for your school. John Hattie's research on visible learning is a synthesis of over 800 meta-analyses relating to achievement, and it has become a very popular approach to determining best practice in the last decade. However, it's not without its major critics, and rightfully so. Meta-analysis is fraught with all sorts of problems, and untested methods. Now, that said, John Hattie's research, as most research is when it becomes popular, is widely misused to justify power grabs and mandated instructional protocols. I'll dive deeper into that in another episode. But for today, how we approach his research and the profession in general is about getting results instead of proving a perspective. And that proof usually results in unsustainable pendulum swings. So let's look at a quote from John Hattie. And much to the opposite of what methods are being used currently under the terminology of professional learning communities, This quote will outline the gist of A-B testing for us. This is from the first edition 
published in 2009. I'll link it up for you in the show notes. Quote, I argue in this book, many are seeking to always improve and constantly monitor their performances to make a difference in what they do, and many inspire the love of learning. That is one of the major outcomes of many schools. This book is not claiming that there are teachers below par and that the profession is terrible or we need to put in more effort and do better. The major message is that we need a barometer of what works best. And such a barometer can also establish guidelines as to what is excellent. Too often we shy from using this word, thinking that excellence is unattainable in schools. Excellence is attainable. There are many instances of excellence, some of the fleeting and some of them aplenty. We'd do better to find evaluation of excellence and esteem it when it occurs. End quote. Hattie is commenting on the major problem of education, and that's our uncertain metrics. Being uncertain about what success actually looks like, uncertain about which metrics we're going to use, meaning we at local agencies of education. There's always going to be accountability and it's always going to change, but what metrics are important to you? and your community at this time in your school? That's the real question. After deciding the answers to this question, and hopefully doing so collaboratively, I believe A-B testing is the single best measurement technique to bring continuous, incremental, cumulative improvement to your school. So, let's briefly look into what is A-B testing. A-B testing is the practice of isolating specific methods in your school, teaching methods, leadership methods, action steps, and measuring their impact. It's actually the basis of all research, and it's simply taking two different groups applying one treatment to the experimental group and having a control group that does not receive this treatment. A-B testing is not clinical. It's not scientific research. Instead, it's actionable. It drives innovation. It focuses on results. Let's look at a quick example. Let's say your campus recently bought one-to-one Chromebooks for all classrooms. And you want to know which teaching methods and implementations actually have the biggest impact on, let's say, student engagement in the classroom. First, you'll decide how you will measure student engagement. A simple survey of students would be sufficient. And then a collaborative team of teachers will decide which methods they want to use with the Chromebooks. 
So let's say the team is four teachers. Two of the teachers will implement the agreed upon strategy. Maybe it's a particular website or app uh, or a time amount on the Chromebook. They use it for two weeks and give the survey to the students. The other two students will use the Chromebooks as they normally were using them. Status quo. They also give the survey to the students and that group becomes the baseline. In some cases, you might repeat this for another two weeks, possibly switching groups. Four weeks is usually sufficient for most A-B tests. And then simply you answer the question, which groups had the biggest results in the survey? Which groups showed the most interest or student engagement? And the data will point to which strategy you go with. A commitment here is data. It's about incremental improvement. So even if it's only a, a two or 5% improvement, that's the strategy the team commits to. The great thing about A-B testing is it's never finished. There's no such thing as best practice. It's always better practice. So the team meets again and either makes revisions to the current strategy and does another round of testing, or they pull up a strategy from the original brainstorming and test it against the new strategy. The strategy from the first A-B test becomes the new control group. It's the new status quo. And the second strategy that they're wanting to test becomes the new test group. You continue this A-B test for two to four weeks, gather the same data, and determine the big, bigger impact. Simple as that. And if they can create another two or 5% gain, then you know you're making cumulative growth. And this is the power of A-B testing. I devote a lot of writing to it in the MathVost blog. I'll share the, some links with you at the end of this podcast um, and previous podcast episodes. So for now, let's talk about how do we make A-B testing a system that we can scale across the school and across schools. The first thing we need to do is to develop a common understanding of what A-B testing is and what it's not. Once again, it is not an effort to prove a strategy works. It's an effort to continually discover what's working best and then to find something that works better than that. The second thing we need to do is just develop a transparent data sharing protocol. And this is drastically different than what schools are currently doing under the name of PLCs, where they look at student data, where they look at percent passing rates by teacher. This is not ranking data to find out who's quote unquote best. This is data sharing about which strategies have the biggest impact. We're looking at growth. And it could be growth in, in student engagement, like the previous example. Or it could equally be looking into data on math computation, reading fluency, parent involvement, so on. So the first thing was developing common understanding. The second step is to develop transparent data sharing protocols. And the third step is to develop 
reporting protocol. So teams will be going through a two to four week cycle of A-B testing. It can be expected that every six to eight weeks that these teams will report out which of their discoveries had the biggest impact, which best practices are teams currently implementing. It's not what they think. It's what the data is pointing to. You can quantify the amount of impact that these strategies are having. And you can quantify how much improvement that there are in the different teams. This is something that can be shared for other teams to learn from. There are connections that you can make between these different A-B tests. You can multiply the effects of this professional learning. That's the three steps. Over time, these three steps can be refined into a fine-tuned system of improvement, a consistent, continuous improvement in the areas that matter most. It's all about measuring impact and magnifying that impact. A final word to recap. Proof will never be there. You can always try to use it. Statistics are always misused. But proving a stance or a viewpoint will certainly stop improvement for your school in the long game. Continuous improvement is about constantly seeking better. Ignoring what other people say is best practice and seeking better practice continuously. That's what A-B testing is all about. I'd really love to hear your ideas or questions, and they might even appear in a future episode of the Mathfost Mashup. You can leave me a written comment at mafost.com slash pod, M-A-F-O-S-T dot com slash P-O-D. Or you can send me a voice message. Just look for the link in the app or on the website where you're listening to this podcast. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Mafost Mashup. You can show your appreciation for this podcast by leaving a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Now, let's go out there and make an impact.